The following is a Network Newswire audio production. As a multifaceted financial news and publishing company, Network Newswire uses its network of more than 5,000 key distribution outlets, as well as other corporate communication tools, to introduce private and public companies to a wide audience of investors, consumers, journalists, and the general public. Our reputation for highly efficient communication strategies is based on the experience and relationships our team has in the space. It is Network Newswire's unwavering commitment to connect the investment community with companies that have great potential and a strong dedication to building shareholder value. The following interview features a client of Network Newswire. Network Newswire may have been compensated for the production of this interview. Please be sure to read our entire disclaimer for full disclosure. Thank you and here today as your host is Stuart Smith. Welcome one, welcome all to another online business briefing where we shine a spotlight on some of the smartest and freshest plays here in the market today. And to that end, we will be speaking today with Inmune Bio Incorporated, traded on the NASDAQ CM under the ticker symbol IN. M-B. Now that's Inmune Bio, and that's spelled I-N, capital I-N, M-U-N-E, Bio, Inc., Inmune Bio, Inc., and this is a biotechnology company that's doing some very exciting things here in 2019, like being the first biotechnology company to close its initial public offering in 2019 and commence trading on the NASDAQ CM, that's the NASDAQ capital market. And that can be found in the May 15th press release, which is Immune Bio reports first quarter 2019 financial results and provides shareholder update. Listeners, I want you to follow along by reading the news using that ticker symbol as well as visiting the company's website, immunebio.com. We're lucky enough to be joined by two guests from the company today, the chief executive officer for the company, Dr. R.J. Tessie. Dr. Tessie, how are you today? Very good, Stuart. Thank you for having me on uh, on the show. Absolutely. And the CFO, another accounting brethren of mine, David J. Moss. David, how are you today? Doing very well, Stuart. Thank you so much for having both of us. Absolutely. Well, RJ, let's start with you. For those not familiar with what the company is doing these days, please describe the company and its business model for us. Yeah, so thank you, Stuart. Immune Bio is a clinical stage biotech company. And what does that mean? It means that we are developing drugs to treat diseases that don't have very good treatments. And what makes There are three things that make our company a bit unusual. Uh, The first is we are an immunology company, and you may shrug your shoulders and say, well, aren't there a lot of immunology companies out there? And there are, but we view many diseases through the immunologic lens, which are not typically viewed through the immunology lens. And let me give you a couple examples. So we have two main therapeutic areas we focus on. We focus on oncology, uh, that would be immuno-oncology, and that's, you know, if you'd have to be living under a rock these days to not know that immuno-oncology or IO companies have really been in the news a lot, and the therapies that people are using to harness the immune system are really changing cancer care. But we're also an Alzheimer's disease company. And that's where people raise their eyebrows. It's very unusual for a company to be focused on both cancer and neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's. But that's because we view Alzheimer's disease as an immunologic disease. That is at least a third, probably closer to 50% of patients with Alzheimer's disease and dementia 
have chronic inflammation as an underlying cause of their cognitive decline. And you need to manipulate the immune system to solve that problem. And as an immunology company, we do that. But I said there were three things. That's just one. The second item is, even though we're an immunology company, we're a little bit odd because we are focused on what's called the innate immune system. Humans have two immune systems, the adaptive and the innate immune system, and they work together in this very elegant system. For reasons that are, are relatively easy to explain, more than 90% of immunology companies out there focus on the adaptive immune system, which is T-cells. And so we've got all these great therapies to treat the adaptive immune system, diseases that relate to T-cells. But we don't have much to, to treat those diseases that are related to the innate immune system. And it's kind of like trying to think about if you're going to go into a fight, you're not going to do it with one tied behind your back, uh, hand tied behind your back. You're going to do it with both hands. And so, in fact, what we bring to the table in treating these difficult diseases is a focus on the innate immune system. Now, five years ago, we were, for all practical purposes, alone, but not so much anymore. But the fact is a majority of companies are really focused on T-cells and the, and the adaptive immune system. And we're focused on things like natural killer cells, myeloid-derived suppressor cells, and macrophages, which are all part of the innate immune system. And the final thing that makes us a little bit unusual is our financial structure. And uh, since we have the CFO on the show, I'll let him describe how we are different from the usual early, now public biotech companies. David? Yeah, thank you, RJ. So one of the things that we did when we formed the company is the management got together. We made a conscious decision that we were going to keep the capital structure extremely simple. We have this philosophy that if you have a complicated capital structure and you don't understand it, it's a deterrent for investors uh, because it's difficult to understand. So from inception, we've only sold common stock. We've never sold debt, convertible debt, unit deals, warrants, derivatives, or anything to that sort. We've kept it very simple and clean. And what happens is when you do something like that, it limits your investor universe. Most venture funds and large institutional players will not play in only common stock. We did that as a private company. We did it onto the IPO. And our intention going forward is to keep the capital structure simple. Our belief is that if an investor can easily understand that we have a clean capital structure and knowing going forward that we're not going to tinker with it, that it makes them very easy to, it's more comfortable for them to make a decision. So today, we have just approximately 10 million shares outstanding. Our stock is trading roughly around uh, $10 a share, and so it's very easy for a person to do the calculation of our market cap. There's no other um, complicated structures that alter that number. And as a shareholder base, we have a company called Zencore, which is one of our largest shareholders. Um, they're a listed company, and they also sit on the board. And they do, the only derivative we have outstanding is an option for them to buy 10% of the company at a $100 million strike price. And uh, part of that transaction is a result of our drug and licensing program, where we wanted to make it also simple along the this, this same uh, line of thought of keeping things clean and simple. So when we did this licensing deal, we have uh, no milestones and a, I would say a very reasonable low royalty burden uh, as part of that transaction. 
Well, very good. Thank you both of you for the educational background on the company, as well as the markets it's in and the capital structure that you've brought to market, which is unique. You're right. It's refreshingly unique. Well, let's stay with you, David. Let's learn a little bit about you and your background. You're the CFO of the company, and then we'll ask RJ to tell us about the rest of the team. Go ahead, David. Sure. So appreciate that, Stuart. I've been in biotech for over 25 years. I used to be at two different venture funds, one called the Phoenix Partners and the other called the Connor Group. The Connor Group was, this is before the internet, so it's quite some time ago. They were known for Seagate and Connor peripherals as their, their big uh, transactions, and they did a whole series of other companies behind that. And then at Phoenix, we did Insight Pharmaceuticals, Cell Therapeutics, Sequana, and then the internet took off, and we did a whole bunch of internet-related transactions. And I left that in 2001, and since that period of time, I've helped self-fund, invest and create a whole series of different companies that have either, uh, a lot have been listed in the public markets, and so I have quite a bit of experience in the public market space. Excellent. Well, RJ, let's learn about you and the rest of the team you've assembled there at Inmune Bio. Yeah, so, I, you know, we're small, uh, quite small by many companies' standard. And, you know, for all practical purposes, you're talking to half of the company as we speak, as three founders and we have one additional employee. So myself, I was a uh, academic transplant surgeon, a liver, kidney, pancreas transplant surgeon in my previous life, and joined industry uh, in 1997 uh, in a public company called Sangstat, where I really learned all aspects of the company, and we sold ourselves to Genzyme, and I have since been a, in a number of private companies, both venture-backed and public uh, since then, and we formed this company in September of 2015. And the third founder, other than David and myself, is uh, Professor Mark Lodell, who is a full professor of immunology at University College in London. We get a significant part of his time, and, and he, in fact, serves as our chief scientific officer, and he has significant experience in obviously both academia, but also in translational clinical medicine. He runs the largest cell, gene, and tissue therapy facility in Europe. The final person is a new addition who joined the company about uh, eight months ago is uh, C.J. Barnum. He runs our uh, neurology program, so he's in charge of the Alzheimer's disease program. He's a neuroscientist who, after spending many years as a postdoc in Malutanzi's lab at Emory, uh, spent some time in the Takeda Psychiatric uh, Disease Group uh, before joining us. So we have a small team. Everybody has a lot of letters after their names and significant experience both on the academic side and in the industry side. And it works quite well. I mean, the modern biotech company can afford to be lean because the way there are so many, shall we say, vendors out there to help us do our tasks that it allows management to focus on strategy and managing the vendors and not spending a lot of shareholders' precious capital on people and bricks and mortar, but applying all that capital to what we really think moves the needle, which are clinical trials and generating clinical data. 
Well, absolutely. And the fruit of that is easily and readily apparent in that news release I brought up May 15th, ticker symbol again, INMB. You know, a lean and mean team that has accomplished what your team has uh, should be applauded. So let's go through, as you see it, RJ, some of the milestones the company's achieved here in 2019. So if we're going to start in 2019, I mean, the most obvious is that we got our IPO done. On February 4th, we started trading on NASDAQ, and that was a quite a, a big deal. And actually, we didn't stop with just the IPO. We have had two subsequent financings, and uh, I think they were both in May, David, you can correct me, which provide us with the runway to get deep into phase two clinical trials with our three programs. The second financing was, a, shall we say, a supplying the fuel for the fire, which is what financing is in biotech, was a key milestone. The second key milestone really was not only therapeutic expansion, but also validation when we received and uh, announced and that we had received a part the clouds grant or award from the Alzheimer's Association to support our phase one clinical trial. Um, what many people forget is that we uh, performed our IPO as an immuno-oncology company, and the funds that were raised at the IPO were all targeted for the immuno-oncology programs, the MBO3 program and the Incumune program, which is our NK Program. So Alzheimer's disease was something that wasn't really on the plate, so to speak, in January. But once we got the award from the Alzheimer's Association, this allowed us to, or gave us the revenue, the non-dilutive capital that we was our, shall we say, our milestone that we needed to get to start our Alzheimer's disease program. As you can imagine, since we're going to be treating our first patient in the Alzheimer's disease program next month, literally only, you know, four months after the award. There was a lot of work going on behind the scenes on the Alzheimer's disease program. It was not a surprise to us, or should we say, we were delighted when we had got the award, but the, a lot of work had already been done in preparation for receiving that award. So, the third milestone in 2019 will be in the second half of the year when we enroll our first patient in the Incommune program. This is the third program I mentioned, which is or the second immuno-oncology program where we're targeting minimal residual disease. Minimal residual disease in cancer patients is the disease that comes back, causes relapse after you've had successful first-line therapy. And in some ways, it's residual disease and relapse that kills you from cancer, not the first time it shows up. So it turns out that natural killer cells are the cells responsible for eliminating residual disease. And we've, our Professor Liddell has figured out a way to actually turn on those NK cells so they go out and look for and kill those cancer cells. And we hope to demonstrate that this will convert those patients who think they're cured to their disease to maybe having eliminated all of their residual disease. So those are the, 
the big milestones for this year. And by the end of the year, we will be a rare company, biotech company, that has three programs in the clinic, all treating patients with in three distinct, shall we say, therapeutic applications, checkpoint inhibitor resistance program with MBO3, a minimal residual disease program with Inkmune, and the Alzheimer's disease program with XPRO 1595. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you for both of your time here today. But before we go, David, I'm going to kick it to you for any closing thoughts or comments. No, I appreciate that, Stuart. So one of the things that when we look at a company, the first thing we do is we obviously are investors in our business um, pretty much in every single round uh, that the company has had from inception to most recently. And so we look at it from an outside investor standpoint. And so I'd like the people listening to this to take home a couple points. First is capital structure simple with uh, some very large uh, investors behind it. Second thing is is that we completed recently an insider-led round um, that I think shows uh, support of our insiders in terms of our business model. Third thing is is that if you look at the company today, we have three projects products, therapies in phase one. Each of those has comps in the private and public market space that I would encourage investors to look into. And the silos that RJ spoke about earlier, one being NK cells, the second being the tumor microenvironment or myelodeprived suppressor cells, MDSD cells, and the third being neuroinflammation for neurodegenerative disease. We have those three programs are in phase one, and by the end of this year, they will be, we'll have data on at least two of them, potentially three, and they'll move into phase two next year. Companies fully funded through this year and a good portion of next year to get three of these programs through phase one. And I think that based on the some of the parts of each of those silos and the fact that in 2020 we'll be moving those programs into phase two, we would expect and we would hope that those will be big milestones for the business. Well, gentlemen, once again, I want to thank you both for your time today. It's been exciting to learn about your company, Immune Bio Incorporated. Trade again on the NASDAQ CM under the ticker symbol INMB. Listeners, we've been speaking with the CEO of the company, Dr. RJ Tessie, as well as the CFO for the company, David Moss. RJ, thanks so much for your time here today. Thank you very much, Stuart. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And David, thank you so much for your time as well. I really appreciate your time, Stuart. Thank you very much for having us. Absolutely. For CEO Dr. RJ Tessie and CFO David Moss, this is Stuart Smith saying thanks so much for listening. This audio interview is an original broadcast provided by Network Newswire, a multifaceted financial news and publishing company delivering a new generation of corporate communication solutions, including news aggregation and syndication, social communication, and enhanced news release services. Network Newswire may receive payments for corporate communications relations, as well as various press releases and social media solutions provided to its clients. You should assume that officers and directors of Network Newswire or financial analysts mention hold a position in and may intend to trade these securities for their own accounts. This interview is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. 
Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be nor should it be construed as investment advice. As in all investments, investment in the featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This audio interview by Network Newswire does not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used in statements of fact have been obtained from the featured company and other sources, but not verified nor guaranteed by Network Newswire as to completeness or accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice. Please see our full disclaimers and disclosures at networknewswire.com.